Biden Fields take a morale check when he enters their location. Commissars stacked with him shoot themselves. Tracing line of sight through his aura is a plus three hindrance. He is the most interesting ASL player in the world. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I listen to the two half squats. Roll low, my friends. Schmidt. And Jeff is not here today, but we have on some other guests, uh, Bob Holmstrom and Dave Timonen, both doing a little talk back, a little after-action report about some scenarios we played, and uh, Bob's is particularly particularly good getting you some tactical advice on scenario hell for the holidays, W07, winter offensive pack, and Dave Timonen and I reporting back in on our Suicide Creek Mega Game, the big game in that pack that came with one of the journals. So, I'm assuming this show will run a little bit under an hour once again and bring you some good old ASL information. And first, of course, we will start off with just a few letters. Piano Man! When did you come in? I snuck in. Oh, oh! Yeah, rock and roll, baby. Yeah. Listen to that. Hello, Dave. I just snuck in the back door. Bet you never heard it played this fast before, have you? Wow, Piano Man, that was fantastic. Thanks, dude. Yeah, let's get on to letters, Piano Man. You can help me with those. But first, we'd like to give credit to the most creative people who helped us to do the opening comedy bit, the most interesting ASL player in the world. And, of course, it was recorded by Jack Gritza. Thank you again, Jack, for that effort. And contributing the comedic material were... Why don't you read those, Piano Man? Sure, Dave. Some of those contributors are... Rick Reinish, Dennis Donovan, Dan Preston, Ethan Strauss, Tompy Doe, and James Sullivan, among many others. Thanks, guys, for those creative ideas. Yep, thanks indeed for those ideas. And now, let's do some letters, Piano Man. Why don't you give us a little background music? I'd be glad to, Dave. First one, 
is again a reminder that Bonsai 17.2, the newsletter of Texas ASL, is now available for free download at www.texasa-asl.com. In that issue of Bonsai, they cover the happenings of the 20th edition of the Texas Team Tournament. And in that issue, Dan Preston presents a great article about lugging around a wounded Seagull Man counter. Doesn't happen a lot, lugging around that wounded SMC, but he does a great job of dissecting what you need to know, when you have to do it, on the ASL battlefield. So thanks for that addition, guys. Keep up the good work. And this letter is from PJ Norton, who was interviewed in episode 75, PJ Norton's Take. Everybody knows that PJ does the Museum Fest ASL tournament, and he wants to let us announce that that's going to be held on January 25th and 26th, 2013. Mark it on your calendars, and everyone should try to attend while they listen to some great piano music. Oh, it's fantastic. I have an announcement from Don Greenwood of ASL fame, although he won't be interviewed on this podcast due to obvious reasons. The World Board Gaming Championships will be held July 29th through August 4th, 2013 in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So sign up for the World Board Gaming Championships. Plan to attend now. And they are running a um, survey to help keep the thing alive and pertinent. And they're looking for people to run games. So get involved in the hobby. Step up and do your part. Do you have a letter, Piano Man? No, I don't, Dave. Well, I have one more, my fine piano playing friend, from Matt Zajac. Hello, this is the first time I've written, and to start, I will say that you run a fantastic podcast, and I enjoy the very topics you bring up while discussing ASL tactics and rules. I've been playing since the old squad leader days, but a 20-year career as an army engineer kept my playing to a scattering of scenarios as time went by. How appropriate. As time went by, I started listening to your podcast after retiring from the Army about two years ago, and I'm now about caught up. Good job, sir, Matt J. J. Jack. In episode 71, you discussed the myth, in quotation marks, of Japanese soldiers in the German Army being captured by American forces in Normandy. Interestingly enough, while at North Texas Shootout ASL Tournament, Ed Beekman, the tournament director, was watching a movie called My Way, which chronicles the true story of two Japanese brothers pressed into service and then captured by the Russians and then the Germans and eventually the Americans. So, the movie was released last year, 2011, and so he recommends we all check it out. A film, My Way, 2011, about World War II. He says, keep up the good work and look forward to meeting you both someday. 
He says, I was born in Chicago. Well, then you're a local boy. So if you ever come back, Matt, let us know, and hopefully we can get together sometime. Wow, that's great, Dave, a local boy, coming back to Chicago. Home of the blues, muddy waters. Yeah, great. Yeah, muddy waters. I grew up right next to him in Westmont, Illinois. He lived there, you know, piano man. I did know that, Dave. I'm afraid I'm going to have to uh, take off soon. I Maybe I can provide a little background music for you later in the show, but I'm going to have to take off. All right, thanks for coming, piano man. Bye-bye. Goodbye, Dave. Say hello to Jeff someday. Will do, sir. And thanks for doing letters for us. And next up, um, Bob and I played Hell for the Holidays, if you can say that, on the air. ASL Scenario W07, and I'll present for you our after-action report. I think you're going to find a lot of tactical advice here. Thanks to Bob. Here it is. And here we go. Hello, everyone. This is a, a new segment called uh, After Action Report. Is that right, Bob? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and, um, Bob and I just played, what is that? Hell for the Holidays from the Winter Offensive Pack number three. It's scenario number seven, Winter Offensive seven. Seven. Look, he actually remembers which Winter Offensive Pack it was from, uh-huh. and because uh, I, would, I would thought two. But anyway, I thought our goal could be that Bob just kind of kicked my butt. Uh, I got lucky. Come on. <laughs> still. And we thought maybe there's a chance to talk about a scenario and talk about the strategy in using the um, OB of the scenarios, uh, the right. different weapons. So, to start off, of course, uh, take a look at it, folks, if you want. The Germans are attacking. They have these half-tracks. And uh, one with a 75 gun, and then a impenetrable tank. What the heck is that? Jagdrapanzer? Yeah, yeah. And then some Panzer Mark IV Mark Js. And the Americans got these Stewart's, Stewart's mm-hmm. 37LL guns. And so my thinking was one, uh, I would play the German because I would like to. At first, I thought Bob should play the Germans, and I could watch him expertly handle all these vehicles. And then I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to play them. Right. Because I'll learn by making mistakes and getting really ticked off. Because <laughs> you learn when you're either really having a good time or you're really angry, right? Yeah. It's a right. memorable experience. You didn't get angry, though. No, but I yeah. was frustrated. <laughs> you get but... And so, um, I guess, number one, I underestimated the 37LL guns. A little bit, yeah. Those can kill the Panzer IVs. Right, they can. And they... It's if you can get the odds are if it's one on one, you know the Panzer IV is going to win. If they go against a hull down, Stewart, Stewart's got a decent chance of taking him out with with hull hits, multiple hits, multiple uh, hits, which you can get as well. And uh, you're, you're with turret hits or multiple hits. So I mean, you can and rate of fire, rate, and rate of fire. So I mean, it's not a it's not a freebie now against your big big uh, tank killer. They yeah. can't do anything. And I think my mistake in this was I well it wasn't a mistake I guess Bob was no. telling me I played okay I he pulled into some nifty positions mm-hmm. where I had a just limited line of sight and so I got into those line of sights and went one on one. You did, and it was actually a mistake. I I made the mistake, and you took advantage of it. The problem was, of course, 
You rolled the fives <laughs> on the kills. I, yeah, I got the turret hits and the kills. Yeah. And uh, which was, you know, just a luck on my part. Right. Shocked one of the vehicles. Um, so normally the Panzer IVs should be able to take out those things. But one you do. One. Yeah. You, and so I guess my point to the listeners is don't underestimate that. That that mm-hmm. five to kill is not so ridiculous. No, it's it's not. Especially when you get, you know, I'm getting a lot. I'm getting defensive fire shot. I'm getting a prep fire shot. And I didn't have to, but I was also could take an intensive fire. So if you get three chances. Right, so when I'm the attacker at the end of those positions, mm-hmm. that allows a defender to take mm-hmm. many more shots. Mm-hmm. Right. And with a vehicle with a two rate of fire on it? No, they, it's only one. One. they only have one. Right, but you did hit a couple of those. I got, yeah, I did get a rate of fire so. on that. And uh, bounced the first one, got rate of fire, and then the second one got another turret head on the second shot. And that penetrated. And, and then I rolled, shot a, the one I rolled a five to shock it. And the other one was just the first shot. I got a turret hit, no no rate of fire, uh, but I got a, a clean kill. I think I rolled a four on the to kill on a turret hit. Yeah. So it was a yeah. So that's lesson one. The other one is you know if you play this or any scenario like this, you have this this ty- um, hunter vehicle Jagdpanzer. Mm-hmm. Um, darn well, use it better than I did. <laughs> yeah, you you finally hear. He was my back vehicle, not my lead vehicle. Right. He should be your lead vehicle. Right. I was fearing some bazooka side shots and stuff, mm-hmm. but if you have infantry, you use them to clear out the other infantry, mm-hmm. you know, then you shouldn't have to fear the bazooka. Right. And um, go ahead and use that vehicle to get aggressive with, right? Right. Yeah, I would definitely, uh, that should be your lead guy. And it, it is a little, it, it's a little difficult because of the way the board's set up. If you look at the board's, there's, it's really constricted to a few a few roads, and because of the the Germans in this scenario can't unload. They have to be in their vehicles unless they're next to a building. So it, it kind of limits what the what you can do, and I think you have to take some chances to win. Be more aggressive than I was. Bob had two dummy mm-hmm. groups up up far. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to get into naming too many hexes here, but right. on one side I had a, a dummy that looked like a bazooka. On the other side, next next to the road, on the other side I had the same thing, which had a bazooka. Yeah, J six and J nine. If you happen right. to have the boards, but they were forward enough that I slowed up, yep. and then actually started dismounting because I was kind of like, well, what the heck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. which is not a good reason to dismount. Right. What the heck? Um, yeah. And yep. so especially then, especially with your with your half tracks that. Even with an adjacent shot with these bazookas, I mean, if I get, you you know only one of them's a bazooka. Yeah. And one away, it's a nine. If you're in motion, it's a seven, and you're a small target. So I, I need, would need a six to hit a half-track zipping by. Um, and, and plus they would get the hatch. So, I mean, you're actually going to have five, a uh, five to hit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not a real good shot. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, or it could have stayed loaded back and mm-hmm. then let only a few people unload or mm-hmm. had used it. Would you use a tank to overrun the position if you're in the grain out here behind a hedge? Well, there's there's one way. One, I would I would consider your, you know, your Yag Tiger to move up with and unload a half squad next to him and advance in. Oh, um, leaving the riders on the vehicle? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could try... You know, well, I guess you can't really do that here. I take that back because you have to unload next to the vehicle. Oh, right, right, right. But in another game, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't be too extravagant because right. they can, if it's a half squad on there, it's worth risking it mm-hmm. oh, to yeah. pull adjacent. Yeah. Hope he lives. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially if you can afford the points. Now, we had some combat point limits, but that makes this too complicated. We just want to talk some simple strategies. But, yeah, my goal was to um, have the other vehicle, uh, the half-track with the 75mm gun, and use that to uh, fire into your infantry, and I kind of forgot, like, I had to be... Yeah. Unbuttoned. Right you away, buttoned them up. I'm buttoned up, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to shoot. Mm -hmm. Because it's the crew, I thought they could fire buttoned up. Right. But they have to have uh, be unbuttoned to do that. Mm -hmm. And that was a mistake I made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would I would say, yeah, you were a little too cautious about the bazooka. I, I would have probably zoomed a couple half-tracks by him and take the risk, you know, get up closer, unload. And then I have that guy surrounded. And then yeah. he's surrounded, and your guys are right up here on turn one, right up towards the front line. Yeah, he's talking about M5. If you happen mm -hmm. to be looking, but the point is, um, yeah, don't fear necessarily mm -hmm. a small mm -hmm. shot like that. As, right. as Bob's emphasizing, that I didn't blow it by dueling him one-on-one -on -one with the tanks. It just was some low rolls. Right. Um, I thought over Actually, that was my go. original mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you kind of watched it derail mm -hmm. because of your defensive setup with mm -hmm. concealments and with a guy with a bazooka. Mm -hmm. So, um, the, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, the, there's only one up front. So, I th I, if it's me, I just figure I'm going to lose one vehicle. But I can't let them stop. Stop the advance. Yeah, at that point. Mm -hmm. Especially in this scenario, there's Americans coming up from the back. Right. So it gives you extra urgency to try and move forward quickly. Mm -hmm. um, canister, those 37Ls have it, but right. you get to use it tonight. Right. But don't forget it. Right. And um, also, don't forget your machine gun to kills on uh, half tracks. Right. Yep. And Even light machine guns. Right. In this case, the the me I had a medium that uh, took out a half track with with a squad in it, which basically ended the game. And that's so, why I gave, <laughs> I yeah, gave up entirely because you were down, you you were down, uh, you know, not many infantry at that point on the on the one side, so you weren't going to be able to to get buildings over here. In this, on my left and on my right, it was pretty much stuffed. At that point. Yeah, and interestingly, we never got into many clo any close combats. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was a good move. There was, uh, Dave had my Bazooka Half Squad again surrounded, and the Bazooka Half Squad they were talking about, by the way, fired and rolled an 11. So, right. <laughs> so he, he did nothing yeah. with the Bazooka anyway. Um, but he had two uh, half CX. and CX. CX Half sure. Squads next to me. Instead of coming in, you, I think, wisely moved around me. Rather than advancing it. Yeah, it was tempting, mm -hmm. but the CX goes against me, and they're yeah. lax in this and game, the Germans right. are, so that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, so I think it would have been, that was a good move on, on your part to uh, to avoid that. A lot of players would just move them in. And, uh, yeah, and this is tight um, city terrain. You want to watch for the street fighting, mm -hmm. which we happen to avoid tonight because mm -hmm. I kind of threw it in a little, a little early, but I think this was a done deal. And... Uh, with the negs on these all these open top vehicles, right? They're easy to take out in close combat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they can be. And the the CVP cap again. That's it's not really a cap. It's just well, it's if the Americans get forty with at least twice as many, they they win. So that's. Uh, I think I ended up. I don't know what I ended up with. A few. <laughs> Yeah, and Bob did one thing tonight that um, I kind of was trying to learn from to remember was you'd pull up next to a vehicle. Right. You, I had shocked uh, one of Dave's marked fours we were talking about. I, I moved then, and I had a, 
uh, another Stuart further back, and I moved up to the side because I wanted to kill the the shocked vehicle. Yeah. And um, which I, I would have thought of that, right. but yeah. And I actually hit on my. I stopped adjacent, and uh, you shot a couple Panzer Fausts that were low odds, really low really odds. Low odds. Um, and I got a hit on the side. And I think I needed an eight or a nine to kill you, and I I, I mobilized you. I didn't kill you. Yeah. And I had one movement point left, so I uh, I started back in motion. Right, which that really surprised me. I'm like, oh wait, you know. Um, and normally I would come up adjacent to that in the side, mm-hmm. stop. Mm-hmm. We have movement points left, and I would just waste them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think about it. Bob was thinking, okay, he's got infantry two hexes away. Mm-hmm. Dave can easily. Assault move mm-hmm. into some brush, lay out an advancing fire, Faust, and just Faust. take out a vehicle relatively right. easily. Pretty easily. Assuming I hit. And then you also your so you tank. went back into motion with the remainder right. of your movement points. Brilliant. Yeah, and my other concern was your, oh, right. your shock tank. You roll one or two in the rally phase, he's back, and now he can fire. Um, you can hit me right next yeah, door adjacent. and, and turn the take turret, me out. boom. Mm-hmm. And I'm not moving, so right. odds are that would have worked. Um, but yeah, I thought so. That was really neat to move next to the enemy vehicle, take the shot. One thing I was think I'm mistaken on was that I thought a vehicle, if it moved at all during the movement phase, couldn't count the adjacent minus two to hit. Right, and um, as long as neither vehicle's in motion, that's the rule. Technically in motion, right? So once you stop, right, you don't have to count motion. that. Right. And, uh, so you get you get the adjacent bonus then. Right, which makes some sense because that's why you're pulling adjacent is mm-hmm. to get really close and kill mm-hmm. this vehicle. Right. So, what did you think of the scenario? Overall, well, of course, yeah, I of course, I just around. got bottled up and yeah. stopped. Mm-hmm. But I would kind of like to try it again. Yeah, it's... even as the German, mm-hmm. and this time, of course, lead with this tank. You smoke a little bit better. I thought of it and scared Bob out of the high levels. You did, yeah. I, I and then. Up. I forgot to throw it down a road or a long shot on yeah. a squad and a machine gun um, one turn. And then the next turn, I just went ahead and started to run down a side, and that's when Bob took out the half track with the squad and stuff. But, yeah, speed is of the essence on this mm-hmm. one. And I kind of knew it going in, let myself get bottled up thinking, well, I'm, I'm already, what, a third of the way on mm-hmm. half? Well, a third quarter to a third of the way in on one turn, and I got six, but you kind of forget, once you start fighting, the turns mm-hmm. go by fast. They, yeah, they do. You know? and, then, and the Americans can can move their guys in back, their big force up to good positions. And if you can't get in a position to really, you know, if in turn one you can get someone here, He's which I'm talking about, about like, M6. Yeah. If you can see here, the Americans can't just kind of run come down the road, you know, come into here, and so you can kind of forces them back into the village rather mm-hmm. than coming down a big long road, right? Yep. So it's uh, you know, it's definitely something something to look at. I, I liked it. I, you know, speeds of the essence. It's you don't, you have enough time. It's not you don't have to rush completely uh, to get back here. But but a couple of good opening moves, mm-hmm. very important in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Hell for the holidays. Yep. I like the forces. You got the. Uh, I like the Stuarts versus the uh, Mark Fours. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting it, uh, matchup. And as I said, I did underestimate that. Yeah, I did. I, I looked at the thirty-seven LL. I kind of forgot I had the circled turret armor, um, a bit. But you know, odds are with the 
That's where we cores, and you could play that again, and mm -hmm. kind of American could lose all its tanks, right? Right. If it ends up yeah. front to front, so. Yeah. And I made the mis a mistake in this too. I used the dummies for t for big dummies to look like tanks. Yeah. Which I, but I, not realizing there's kind of a limit to each setup area, so I kind of messed up. Uh, I, I took them off after we started because I realized that. Uh, I yeah, should, there's I, I four concealments with the reinforcements and seven with the starting forces, right. and then the tanks are kind of in the middle. In the middle, right? Probably. So See, you have to be careful. You have to be careful where you where you use those at. So. Yeah, and this um, killer tank also has the uh, Nafertiti Gungaswafa. The what? That anti not for <laughs> CD. <laughs> that anti tank uh, SN number. Yeah, on the uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Snuggie Woofer. Yeah, that's why when I pulled it up here at the end, next to some infantry and yep. your tank, mm -hmm. I'm like, "Come on, bring it on, <laughs> bring it on, jump, Bob, jump right on in here." Well, I went in the motion, obviously, because I couldn't. Oh, hurt that's him. the other thing we want to teach everyone, because Dave is not good at going into motion. Right. So tell again. Well, you, I had, uh, if you look on the, the map 65, I had one of my Stuarts in 04, which is a little valley covering kind of the bridge. Yeah, and I'm thinking, and, um, ah, I can just get right up to that, man. And um, my thinking there was, it was, I had a bazooka back that I wanted to be able to cover and, you know, kind of cover them. And plus, I was a little light on infantry, and my fear is, yes, that, is that Dave could just run a couple if squads I down. the half-tracks through, yeah. I reloaded and, on the half-tracks, ready to make yeah. this big push. Yeah, and my fear was you, you could just go down that side, and then all those buildings back there just, you know, Our mind. You, think you can take them. Which you would have counterattacked and taken mm -hmm. back. But, point right. is, I would have taken them and felt good. <laughs> I would have felt good for a moment. So, uh, I parked him there, and, and Dave, you know, moved up his, his big tank destroyer right next to me. Um, but he stopped and, and delayed the rest. Oh, uh, yeah, the problem was I keep forgetting to burn off my delay points before I move, mm -hmm. right? That's right. my problem. That's right. And if you would have done that and then just stopped here and I see you for two, I would have needed to roll one or a two to go in motion. Motion. So I pulled into N4 next to O4 down in the gully, or what the heck, it's a valley. Mm -hmm. Valley, yeah. And, um, so I went into motion. Right. And then the plan, we didn't get there because then after that, things went. And he hit open. the half track and wiped out all the right. infantry, and I was like, okay, but that my, was my only hope of holding that flank. But my plan then was I was going to move in in your What? Your hacks. You yeah. were going to what? Yes. <laughs> no, you can't do that. It's too yep. complicated. <laughs> so that was my, because that was only my only escape now route. why would you do that? Because you, you get the plus two for shooting in hacks. Right. I can't shoot at you as you come into my hacks because I'm adjacent. Mm-hmm. So it's right. plus two motion, plus two in hacks, and then you're buttoned up, and plus I'm a small five, target. Plus six. You know, you probably you're going to have one acquisition at that point, but you're looking at probably a five. At five least to it wouldn't me. count when you come into my hacks, right? Sure. It would. Yeah. So um, I think you would be you'd have been like a five still or a six. Plus five. Yeah. Yeah, five or less to hit. Yeah. Whereas if he turns to run up the other valley edge, you were going to kill me. I yeah. hit him with that, and I pulled another tank yeah. up on the bridge, mm -hmm. so I would have had you anyway. Hopefully, mm -hmm. that see now see that's how I would play it. Mm -hmm. I would play it with you have no choice but to pull back. Mm -hmm. When in reality, you have a choice to <laughs> enter my forward. <laughs> which <laughs> listeners have heard me say before. I sometimes kind of skip rules or avoid situations if it requires really looking up things, mm -hmm. and that would be one. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't go in my hacks. It's just going to screw it's things too, up. It's too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and then would you shoot through my hacks? You could pass right through me. Uh, yeah, right? I'd move right through you, and then I could go here, and you know, or like here, or whatever. Right. And so if you wanted to wait for them, then you would then have, to have to pay to a three to turn. It's a non-turreted vehicle. Mm -hmm. I know what killer that mm -hmm. is. Right. So I know to, 
I know to make an unturned guy turn, mm -hmm. but um, mm -hmm. I would not have thought to shoot right through his hex. Mm -hmm. I have to learn that. <laughs> so that was that was the survival plan. So yeah, it's little things like that that can. Uh, as well as I have you. learned that when you take a motion attempt or something, try and throw smoke. Right. And I don't have. He, he has no smoke. And so earlier, yeah, I was trying to help Bob out, like as if that happens a lot. I'm like, oh, you know, you could maybe try smoke. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I don't have smoke. Yeah, I think I could do vehicle smoke grenades. Oh right, you did mention um, that, and that means they just throw them out. The crew tosses right. them out, but mm -hmm. they are a short-lived smoke. Right, they go away. Not yeah. like a big smoke. Mm -hmm. They're a little smoke, mm -hmm. so they're not as good. Right. So. Um, so. I, I can brag a little, Bob. What does this kind of make our record about? I, you know, you have kept track. You say we're at five hundred, so I'll go with uh, about five hundred. We're, we're at five hundred. At worst, you pulled ahead of game, maybe. But maybe. I think I was ahead okay. of game. But uh, it's really, and that's hey, that's a bragging rights for me. Dave, you're a good player. But Bob often plays me on the defense, and I think I'm mm -hmm. a much better defensive player yeah. than attacker. And part of this is too I, I will play. Typically, it ends. It has ended up with you and I being minimal vehicles. Mm -hmm. This is vehicle intensive. Yeah. So it again, is. when I knew I got to get Bob over tonight, and I got to just when I looked at the players coming over for this passel, where to passel, and I saw, hey, it makes sense for me to play Bob because these other guys haven't played each other yet. You know, I don't like to lump a player against the same opponent all the time. I said, great, a great opportunity, a lot of vehicles. I'm right. gonna, and immediately I said, I'm gonna lose, but I'm gonna learn a lot. I'm attacking you thought, with you, vehicles. You, did. you thought you were going to lose right away? I did. I'm attacking with vehicles. <laughs> I, I know my weakness a little bit is to attack. Mm -hmm. And then how to, like I told you when I walked in, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm anxious to see what you would have done with the vehicles. Mm -hmm. And so now we're talking about that. Um, and including things like the overruns, there were no opportunities, but even the vehicle bypass freeze moves. I've gotten better playing Bob because he's been using those against me. Again, when I play with players who I'm teaching, if I don't have that skill, mm -hmm. I'm not teaching it to them. They're not using it against me. Right. They're not reading the rule book. So I have you have to play better players as normal to become a better player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah. So it's uh, definitely a good one, and it's a peach shelling design. He usually designs ah. good ones. And I also, but I, one other thing you said, you're better on the defense. You, I, I know when we play, I attack a lot yes. when we play. But I'm better on the defense than I am on the attack, ah, so. too. But I like to attack more. And that's because? It's just, it's just more fun for me most of Because get, you, yeah. get you get to kind of pace the action. Yes, and there's more to think about. Keeps mm -hmm. your brain firing, mm -hmm. I think, at a better... Mm -hmm. I but look I, left flank, center, do I reinforce this, you know, right. swing to the right, try and surprise him, yeah. yeah, much more. And I always thought I was a better attacker than defender, but, like, over a couple-year period, I kind of, like, looked at my record. Oh. And this was a few years ago, and I was like, I win more, more, defending. more defending than I do attacking. Does that which mean is that kinda... the defender has it easier? I think he does. I um, think he does. Yeah, you, well... You know where the yes enemy's got to kind of go. Yes and no, you do. But I think it's easier if you make a mistake in your setup. It's hard a lot of times to, to recover. To recover that, yeah. yeah. Now, if you, as opposed to if you're on the attack and you maybe make a mistake moving a unit or two, or you know, it's easier to recover from that. That's true. 
So that's true. It's, so. And that's why I've learned to keep that big reinforcement stack somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle of the board <laughs> where you can shift left and right and yeah. tricks like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which here you had two distinct, you know, columns. I did, coming down both roads. And There's you two roads here, and you, in, Instead of putting anybody down the center. Yeah. And, and that, part of my thought was I was going to shift over quickly, and then Bob was like, oh, if the half track was over the edge, it's a bog, it's a bog. check. <laughs> and Dave was like, yeah. oh, yeah, kind of like forgot it has wheels on the front. <laughs> For some reason, I totally went into this thinking the King, you're, you're I'm free to shift all over this board because they're only hedges. Mm-hmm. Initially, I thought this was bocage. Mm-hmm. The guy is to our left. We're Ron playing Bocage. And um, entry this way to the middle, <laughs> right. and then his vehicle appears over here. Right. And so, so that mean interesting is you know, I killed on your on your uh, left, oh, you know, yes. I killed take out your two vehicles, but you had most of your infantry. Good order infantry. So you had what, a couple two, three three squads maybe? Yeah. And then over on your right I had the you had the vehicles. And the vehicles. You had both your your vehicles left. Two tanks, but you never the infantry. Half <laughs> vehicles and some half squads. Mm-hmm. So, how different do you think it would have played if you would have moved your half tracks up the middle? And maybe it's a tank or two. Yeah. Or, even if when I unloaded, start mm-hmm. shooting people across. Because they can do a quick jump over those hedges mm-hmm. and get over there mm-hmm. to the middle. But, yeah, I started to see that. And by then, yeah, the tanks just... So... Dave, thanks for the game. Thanks for the game, Bob. <laughs> we always fun. do a handshake. Yep. And, um... Thanks for coming, teaching me a little bit to be a little more tighter and cleaner in my game. I'm glad I evened up the record. Oh, yeah. I didn't <laughs> want to see that tonight. And then uh, listeners hope that's helpful to have a little conversation uh, about strategy. Hey, Jeff and Dave. Uh, my name's Patrick. I am uh, sort of up and, well, I wouldn't say up and coming. I recently purchased the ASL rule book, and I recently purchased the on and I uh, was listening to your show, and I, I've been enjoying it. I just kind of wanted to do the courtesy of letting you know that. So I'm a 31-year-old uh, individual living in Dallas, Texas, demographics for you if that's that interesting. Uh, um, always been a, uh, always been a gamer, but always loved games, and loved the detail uh, in any given rule book. And always wanted more. And I've always been aware of ASL, and recently decided to more the depth of the game through the school book and uh, I'm enjoying it and enjoying learning about it so I'm, I'm pretty green but you know one day maybe I'll be a better player anyway I really just wanted to call you know I enjoyed the program uh, and uh, you know continue the good work peace bye well thanks Patrick for checking in with us we just so glad you're using the uh new record a message tab on the website everybody else get on in there and hit that record a message tab and leave us an audio message it's super quick it's super easy you don't have to dial up anything so let us hear from you and you can always just tell us your favorite nationality and why you like to play them or leave a message like patrick oh and a big hearty welcome to patrick welcome to the asl fold also, I would mention that Bob Holmstrom is still one game behind me in the victory. Win-loss record sheet. I made a mistake earlier when I told him, and I think he evened it up. But don't worry, he will next time we play, I'm sure. 
I just got awful lucky against him. Just ask him. And don't tell Bob I said this on the air. Okay, boys and girls, it's terrain time. All right, we'll do a quick little terrain time segment here. And it's terrain as it applies to Suicide Creek games. As the segment after this will be Dave, Timon, and I doing an after-action report of our Suicide Creek big game. First of all, mud is in effect. Rule D8.23, mud, and if you're not on a paved road, that would mean that the opponent, when you're moving, to be bogged in the mud, would roll three dice. And one dice is the, the extra dice is the distance at which your vehicle will bog down. So as you move a vehicle on the mud and not on a paved road, and then your opponent would make this roll to see if you bog, and if you do, the third dice in that jar is, or in the dice tower, is the distance, many, a number of hexes away, in which you will bog. Not movement points, but hexes. And now, I noted that E3.6 states, Fire only spreads into adjacent or connecting woods when there's mud. It's too wet to go spreading, so unless there's gusts, then gusts would push that um, blaze further like the normal rules state. And don't forget that when there is mud, it's a plus one to entrench. Uh, it's just too hard to dig into the mud. It collapses, I guess. And the road bonus is not applicable on an unpaved road. You're not going to move as fast on that in the mud. And it's treated as open ground also. And rule 3.62 states there's a plus one to high explosives effects on mud. Uh, it doesn't apply to a pillbox or an airburst or minefields, mines. And in addition to the plus one to high explosive effects, you also reduce residual by one. Residual fire laid by one. And rule 3.64 states that for the movement factors in the mud, that infantry would pay an extra half a movement factor per open ground hex, and on Suicide Creek board there's not a lot of open ground hexes, or one movement point per open ground hex for vehicles. They pay an extra point. And Rule 3.61 states that bog chancing, chances are increased by plus one because it's soft ground. And so that's the terrain time for... Suicide Creek. And there are a lot of other rules that are uh, special rules for these games in the journal. The crest status, as you look at the stream, Suicide Creek is not applicable in the stream. It's too muddy to go up and take crest status. Uh, no vehicle can exit a stream except through the stream sides, uh, the fords, and a ford. It has to be a ford. And all infantry may set up entrenched in foxholes. Uh, Point, uh, pillboxes have to have a stream in their line of sight. So you set up these pillboxes along the line of sight to the stream. Um, pillboxes also have cellars, and that's interesting. I haven't found that to come into play a whole lot in some of the scenarios because you're so much defending, uh, preventing the Americans from getting onto your side of the creek. 
that doesn't help to be down in a cellar. And there's uh, no tunnels or bunkers in these scenarios. And for the bazooka to get a hit, it actually has to roll a less than or equal to four on the color die roll to actually count the hit as a hit. So it's really hard to see the pillboxes because that's what you're going to be shooting at on a Suicide Creek game. Now, interestingly, hand-to-hand -hand may be declared by the U.S. attacker um, after an ambush, unless all of them, of course, are withdrawing or pinned. And uh, the 768 squad marines are assault engineers. Uh, Japanese get an anti-tank magnetic mine at Neg-2. Uh, there's this jungle debris terrain, which acts kind of like, you know, the debris from the Red Barricades and Battle of the Guards and so on. It's inherent terrain, and it's plus one terrain effect modifier. It's a plus two to hindrance. It costs three moving factors to move into, and it's really difficult for vehicles to go in there, so <laughs> don't try and go over that. Uh, it's all the movement points and a bog check for fully tracked, etc. The There are these corduroy roads, and these are special things that are added into the game. And you lay them down like log roads laid down to increase the maneuverability for the tanks to move for the Americans. So you can extend these paths, which usually are corduroy roads, into the jungles at various places, uh, giving you some flexibility there. And there's to cross this creek, you have to have a ford, again, for the vehicles, with all this mud and these slippery slopes on the edges of this creek. And to do that, they have these bulldozers, and you can use all movement points uh, and end the move in motion, and uh, not like pinned and all that. And you can create, you can roll a die roll, less than or equal to five equals you created a Ford, and then it uses the labor counters as normal. So it's quite interesting. So, well, let's just go to an after action report with Dave Timonen. All right, well, now with me is Dave Timonen. We just heard from Bob Holmstrom, and Piano Man. Hello. This is in this episode, Dave. I know you love the Piano Man. Um, and we have finished Muddy Mayhem, we think. we. Um, so we thought we'd do an after-action report of this fine Advanced Squad Leader game. It is the biggest of the scenarios that came with the journal that are about the Suicide Creek. Right, Dave? That is correct. And um, what are your thoughts on it? David, you played the American? I did, and um, I had a lot of fun playing. Of course, it uh, didn't co quite work out the way I wanted to, obviously, so you probably can gather from this that I lost. Um, but I did have a lot of fun playing it. Um, I, generally speaking, had three sort of waves um, to try to get across this river, two on each side and one up the middle. Um, Which initially I thought Dave shouldn't probably have spread out to attack across three different points. And this adventure has uh, Fords that the American puts in. So he's got to cross his vehicles at two points to win. Correct. And go keep going, sir. Yeah, sir. and we um, we had played a, another similar scenario on this river trying to cross. And in that scenario, what I did was I, I put too much on one side to try to cross. So I figured by spreading out a little bit more... Um, that kept you, Dave, from trying to move everything over. So by keeping or cross it, the river and hit you in the flank. Right. So like keeping it spread game. out, my my strategy was to kind of keep you busy all across the whole river. Well, it uh, sure as heck worked. It did until um, your OBA. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, we both have, the American have two sets of OBA. Dave Correct. lost the radio to a uh, breakage. Yes. Uh, his other one did some damage. My radio did some good damage, too. We had a freakish thing happen where my field phone, so it's not movable, got me some points, but then the leader went berserk. And then Correct. Dave had a heavy machine gun, a squad, and a leader. There were two squads there. Two squads. Yep. Oh, then one was broken or gone. And when the guy went berserk, the leader made it into the hex. And then that allowed an adjacent concealed squad with a DC to place the DC because he couldn't shoot out of the hex. Correct. The DC blew up, killing this, breaking the squad who was eliminated for failure to route because he was had just enough Japanese around him as he pushed into the jungle yep. to not get out. And then... The leader was wounded by the DC. My berserk leader survived. The, the squad was failure to route, coronated. Yep. And then the leader, the two leaders, I won the two leader battle. So I just took back a DC. I took his heavy machine gun, and I can jump back on my phone now, which I thought was gone for the rest of the game, and lay in more fire across the river. So that's one of the sides. In the middle side, I think Dave can still win. He's demoralized. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. I think you needed seven points more, more of mine. Because if the American loses... thirty, I needed 32 victory points to cross this river. Yeah, and if I eliminate what I wrote down here, like 58 or something, then... Dave can't win with inf- get enough infantry across. Correct, and I'm not near across yet. Yeah, and I wrote down I had to still destroy 26 points in the second time we're playing this game, right. and I got it down to 7, amazingly. Right. So, I think I made a good push there in, in round 3, but then your counterattack on your turn pretty which, much turned things around. You, you threw over some DCs on my guys. Um, your infantry guns, I know you intensified them. Yeah, that every time, because I was panicking and, and ended up getting a hit. When it, it was a big crit kind of hit. And it paid off. Yeah, because it took out more points. The, uh, You know, the thing is, the Japanese, it seems like you're losing, right? I thought I was losing. Didn't you think you were winning a little while ago? A little bit, for a second or two, maybe. Because the Japanese just get whittled down to that red side and then broken and... Um, they're so spread out. The reinforcements came. My yep. Japanese reinforcements hit just in the nick of time. Muddy Mayhem, scenario J136. Right. Uh, big old board. Lots of fun. Uh, how do you tackle a... Um, let's do some strategy talk for the listeners. How do you tackle the pillboxes? What did you find worked? Well, really, I... Because you I mean, have whittled them down. Here's an empty pillbox. And, and I have. And I, I think... Striped crew. Here's one with a half squad and a gun. You know. Yeah, they, they say, right? And you guys say in your podcast, you should never quit. Um, it's hard too when, when when things are looking awful grim, so it's hard to keep that uh, spirit up. But when you get so decimated, and I know there's still a chance to win here, but it's getting late, and um, yeah, it's our second night of playing it, and right. and plus with the Japanese being able to jump in for that hand to hand, yeah, uh, red they get striped on the way in, Correct. and then these tank hunter heroes may even take out a lot of the tanks. We haven't done any of those yet. Um, but how do you take a pillbox out? What were you using? The uh... I think for the most part, you know, I was trying to shoot some of my tanks, but with the armor weren't... piercing, because armor piercing shells do not have to count the covered arc modifiers and even the non-covered arc modifiers. That is correct. But I was finding in this game that wasn't really helping all that much. It was 
instead. Um, really kind of coming up with infantry. Yeah. And adjacent. You know, getting, coming adjacent, getting the double firepower, sometimes getting fire groups going. Yeah, when you um, have uh, six firepower squads and six medi- firepower medium machine gun heavies. And even my bazookas, I think a couple times, had gotten into the pillboxes very well. Yes. Um, but uh, and then once I whittled you down, I did close combat. And those typically those, went well against yes. the pillboxes. Couple, it was these freakish <laughs> yeah, you had the, leaders came in. You had these berserk guys coming dudes. after me and killing me. Yeah. These leader berserk guys. A couple berserk leaders. Another leader went berserk and hit a stack of two squads, one of which he first fired on the way in. So that guy did a, did a and it ended up doing a final protective fire. He broke. Right. And the berserker was able to, um, and you know, take him out. But low roll, but still negs, you know. And... Um, so against these pillboxes, massive American firepower. Yep. You can bring it up adjacent, and you can really whittle down the occupants. And I think there's a chance here. We were in turn four. Just going to start up in four. Start up in four. So really, there's two and a half turns to probably get the rest of the Americans across. I think I could do it. I don't know where all the wire still is left. No, it's all out there. Is that out? Okay. And Dave hit a lot of the wire, because I correctly guessed where he'd be coming across, and that yep. hindered some of the um, attack. But crazy stuff. Yep. A lot of snipers by chance. Um, it's a sniper number four for the Japanese, three for the American. We both got a lot of snipers, and actually some went off. Yep. OBA. The American have two sets, but again, Dave lost his radio. That was bad boogie. He got some Americans stuck in the middle of the OBA of the Japanese in the, in the jungle. Couldn't quite get out. I did get two... Heat of battle, so I got battle hardening oh, yeah. and two heroes. Although they really didn't come in the factor because yeah, I, I, they didn't get a chance. They just got created, and I was pretty much done. So yeah, and they're I called the game, and, and, and still having just the two squads with the heroes. Fanatic um, doesn't give you the thirty-two points, but in fact, you know, I think one thing for the Japanese always is the stealth. Trying maybe staying concealed to get into. Uh, with all these DCs, they concealed. The American might have to come next to you. Yep. You don't have to go to him. That's one thing for the Japanese, right? True, true. Don't don't get rushed. Don't Stay. pull him out until you need him. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Stay concealed. Let him come adjacent. He's got to get across, and then you can start to place these DCs without um, having to move and take the negs and all that on the shots. The Berserks is always a two-edged sword. It just worked out really well. Yep. For me. And usually that's not a huge no, factor in the game, but no. somehow tonight it kind of <laughs> well, kind of did. <laughs> Japanese become uh, berserk more easily, right? Yeah. And and even if you they, get a big shot, it, yeah, he should. You know, took some neg, big neg shots, and they made it. Morale attack. Checks made a nine, rolled an eight, nine. Yep. Um, the tanks have to cross on the the Fords. Fords, correct. And so we never quite got into the tank hunter heroes as a Japanese. You're able to launch out these individual leaders like counters, and they can cross with this big morale. And as long as they don't get like KI'd on the way in, they can go into close combat and do some real damage. Also, the Japanese in these scenarios of Suicide Creek have anti-tank magnetic mines, additional neg two in close combat versus tanks. Yep. So in addition, Dave has to cross at least one tank. So my goal was either to knock out all four tanks or knock out enough infantry points, which I'm seven points away from doing. Um, 
and one of those tanks lost the main armament, so even if he got across it wouldn't count towards the points. So I had three other tanks to either do that or fix uh, the big gun on that one tank. So, yeah, lots of things would have to line up here to, to win this game. I think it, it's possible, but, uh, you know, I've, I've conceded at this point, so they've played very well. Uh, we've had a uh, um, very enjoyable time playing these. We have a few more to go. We'll finish the whole series of, I think there's six. Yep. But they're, they do play kind of similarly, don't they? Yeah. But I have not tired of that, have you? No, no, not this series. This has been good. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of wild. I think a lot of players would go, oh, you're just in pillboxes across the creek. He's always coming across the same, yeah. the same creek. Yeah. But I have thoroughly enjoyed playing. I think I've maybe lost half and one half of them. I yep. you know, have it somewhere written down. But the American overwhelming firepower, and then um, uh, yeah, it just seems like they're they're different enough. Now, in the one scenario, you had the ammo dump. Yep, that was quite different. The Japanese launched out an attack, and uh, what else strategically? The flamethrower you brought up. He did. He didn't have that much of an impact. He did flame a couple guys, but not, yeah, you know, he, flipping he you, striping the, you. But In the pillbox, and then with the neg one on him for carrying the flamethrower, he breaks and yep. goes back. But again, the Marines have this really high morale, and they, they rally typically pretty quickly. Dave had massive fire groups. He had a 30-shot neg two. Yep. You know, it just seemed like extra stuff at one point. That was when he had come across the river the stream in a lot of places. Yeah, and it seems like the way it worked out when I was describing coming up both on both edges or both sides and then up the middle. Um, of course, looking back, places. yeah, the, 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 the place that actually had more than probably what it needed was the middle because um, that wasn't able to have much of a factor. And I think even in the middle I had my AT gun hidden, but there really wasn't anything over there to hit. So it really was kind of a waste of a setup. But Well, a pillbox, you know, but... I had already taken that out, and I didn't need it. Yeah, you did so. take it out early. It's sitting here empty. And then I have a hidden guy across from it that yep. hasn't revealed yet, and he's just sitting there waiting. hidden with a DC, waiting until Dave has to come across that Ford. Right. He ended up putting the Ford two hexes away, right You know, right in front of my hidden guy with a DC. So when he does pull across with a tank or big stack of dudes, yep. thinking there's really nothing there, Again, suddenly you can pop up, place that DC, even if you break sure you're striped. Sure. And then half-squatted and still going, you know. You don't want to get pinned. Um, but but there's a lot of firepower there that could have helped on either of the other flanks. Yeah, and you have learned, right, to keeping your tanks covered with a lot of infantry. Yep. You haven't stuck them out ahead. Works for a lot of campaigns, yep. uh, games, but it's really important here, right? Yep. Because American has to usually preserve these tanks and get them across yep. in the victory conditions. Japanese leaders, we haven't seen them a lot of times. You flip them. And they're wounded, and they, with me, they typically fail <laughs> their check. However, tonight, my leaders went berserk. <laughs> yeah, and a couple action. of them you did lose. I yeah, think. two are striped, and one is dead. Yep. And I mean, I'm sorry, two are uh, actually wounded, but they made their wound checks. Yep. So one did not, but they can, it's uh, Japanese. I love playing them. I think it is one of my favorite nationalities. Absolutely. I know it is. They are, but um, it can seem like you're invulnerable at a moment. And then it just seemed like end of turn two, I was really getting trounced 
as the American Marines have come across, and they have these huge morales. But you can't forget the Japanese can be deadly in this close combat. Yep. Anyone can, I guess, if they roll lower. But neg one, they have to take, we found. Yep. They have to take the um, hand-to-hand, and that gives them the extra neg one on the attack. And if they get the ambush, right, that's kind of deadly. Yeah, it was a good series to play, this Muddy Mayhem. There was how many of these, Dave? We've played I think there were six. six total. Okay. And we've played four, maybe? We have two left. We have this one on the back, Diversion. It's going to seem really small after this one. Yeah, probably. We could probably play it tonight in an hour. But um, this side of the creek, but we didn't do okay. yet. So they're each designed to be a separate section of the creek. And then the one was a Japanese counterattack to the ammo dump. And, um, and then this big one that's kind of like... All of them together. So for us, we don't do a lot of campaign games. Yep. So for us, it seemed like, let's do something a little more ambitious. But it was a night. I mean, it's a good series if you get a chance to play it. It's um, only six turns, it. two or three nights. Yep. Full board. But once you learn these kind of rules for this group of scenarios, it's it goes pretty well. Pretty yeah. quick. And we like playing the same scenarios in the series. Um because it's the again you're putting all the effort into learning the rules, right? Why spread them out? Like guys at the Paso last night were, or a couple nights ago were playing Hedgerow, and you know really they weren't fresh on it. Okay. So yep. again, rules like Hedgerows, you want to play a series of Hedgerow games in a row, so you're remembering the rules easier. Yep. Um, not a lot of smoke in this game. Japanese had white phosphorus on the mortars. I didn't use it. I probably should have. Yep. Uh, American tanks, surprisingly, it's not after D-Day, so they are, they're short on some smoke small. and stuff. Yeah, a five, and, right? Yeah, and that's after uh, D-Day, which it's not, right? January yep. 44 in the Pacific. And... Um, so not really a factor. I thought about yeah. it, but didn't see it happening yeah it wasn't really smoke mortars but i think the only thing we found but a a lot of dcs even the americans and a lot of um flamethrowers and you didn't get any dcs placed did you against me in this game no i didn't get a chance yeah what was that just not i guess i broke them enough in the beginning i don't remember the first couple of turns yeah good game i highly suggest it all right we'll sign off thank you dave Thank you, sir. All right. Goodbye, everybody. So that's a wrap on episode 81, everybody. Roll low and rally well, but not when you're playing me. Bye-bye.